What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of the What the Actual Work podcast. And I can't keep a straight face right now because I feel a lot of pressure from all the eyes that are on the screen right now. We have my husband, Matt, who's never listened to one episode of this podcast. Before, um, that's and Sam's husband what? Luke, who I listened to once. So, guys, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> supportive husband. Yeah, just thank you so much for all the the support. Thank you. Um, but of course, we're kidding. They are our biggest cheerleaders, and we probably. We know we wouldn't be where we are today without them because Jenna and I have mental breakdowns on the regular when it comes to our careers. So um, we are thankful. But before we jump in and get to any of the questions that we wanted to get to tonight, we're going to do a this or that. I'm going to put Matt on the spot first. So there's no <laughs> right answer. It's just whatever you prefer, you're going to say that answer. So Matt, are you a pumpkin spice or peppermint mocha kind of guy? Neither is not a choice. Huh? <laughs> I was going to say neither. neither. <laughs> really? Interesting. Okay. Are you a crunchy or soft taco guy? Soft. Okay. Are you a guac or queso guy? Guac. Guac. These are easy for you. Um, are you a crunchy or smooth peanut butter fan? Given it's a cr crunchy. Yes. Okay, that makes sense because the wife is crunchy, so that makes sense. Give our peanut butter in this house, though, because we eat it so fast that we each have to have our own jar. <laughs> it sounds very similar to our home. There's and a legitimate thief of peanut butter in this house because she doesn't think she eats that much peanut butter, and the thing is gone by the time I every time. I remember her always being big on peanut butter at Shoprite too, oh, like always like with like a packet. <laughs> yeah. All right, last one here. If you could have one thing in your life in limitless quantities, but it can't be money, what would it be and why? Wow, that's a tough question. Um, in, your heart. Unlimited quantities? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it could be like metaphorical. It doesn't have to be like a tangible object. Time. Mm -hmm. Love that. That's really sweet. And why? So that I can, I, I, so that I would, I mean, that's the one thing I think you know, in our whole world that we just lack right now, right? It's like, it's like time to do and spend with the people that we love and do the things that we love and get to balance things out. And yeah, time. Okay, you're forgiven for not listening to this podcast. I listen to all the clips on Instagram live. Okay, perfect. Luke, Jenna, <laughs> Jenna, do you want to give Luke a this or that off the top of your head of whatever comes out? Let's go with it. Do it. Let's start with crunchy or smooth peanut butter. Smooth, creamy. Yes. 
see, it makes sense. Is that just all that you have in the house? So that's yeah, all. By choice. Yeah, by, by choice. choice. By choice. <laughs> all right, guac or queso for you? Both. Fair. Crunchy or smooth taco? Crunchy or soft taco? Soft taco. My favorite crunchy or soft is chocolate chip cookie. Crunchy or soft cookie? Soft. Me too. Warm and soft. And then we'll just go right into, if you could have one thing in limitless quantities, but not money, what would it be? Paid time off. <laughs> that sounds very similar to mine was like vacation villas all over the world or something. I think we're sucked. I want to redo mine one day. So that will have Mine was puppies. Yeah, Jenna said puppies. I'm like, yep. that sounds stressful. You're going to regret that. I was literally like afterwards, but I think Quincy was like eating the books in our room at the time like while I was saying that because it was so long ago at this point that I was like I immediately regret that statement has your brother heard you made that statement no right. okay so I'll never live that down now one, one <laughs> for sure um but let's get right into it because we have so many questions that you know different listeners have wrote in or written in I don't know the right verbiage yeah. there but um Jenna, do you have a dying question that you want to get to first? Yes, because I, this is not what a listener wrote in. This is a question I would like Luke to start with, because as I think all of our listeners know that Sam really influenced and helped me begin my intuitive eating journey and transition. And Matt is the only one that has really seen the impact that it's had on my mental health um, in a good way, but also there's some not good moments that are not on the highlight reel of Instagram. Um, and I know that through conversation, we, Sam and I have had that her fuck diet culture Fridays were really her transition time where she was able to get channel that energy, use it for good and share it and really like get that out there. And so Luke, I would just like to know what that was like for you so that you could really help Matt understand what I'm, where feel, right where, what I'm feeling. Um, that's loaded. That's deep. <laughs> um, let's see how I can summarize. I mean, I would say more than anything, it took a while, I guess is a, a first point, right? It wasn't this switch that flipped necessarily overnight and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm changing everything I'm doing. Um, it, you know, comes down to finding people that you want to work next to work with, um, how you message things. I think, um, I don't know, just coming from my background of like, a Italian family where you were just slaughtered if you didn't finish what was on your plate and 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 just eye-opening experiences of um just you know how prevalent um unhealthy relationships with food are um I remember we used to always tease which I guess you know makes more sense now but um you know she would look at herself she would look at me everybody hey we all have different relationships with food and none of which are able to be necessarily exactly transferred to somebody else. So um, I would say more than anything, it just took a while um, in a good way and that you really found a niche, you found your, your kind of calling and what works, you know, um, what you believe in. But um, it took quite a lot of time. Like you said, a roller coaster up and down, I think was, was real as far as um, even struggling yourself on what you were telling people that you were working with or um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think what exactly everything you're saying is correct. And so how do you, I guess the question I think I'm hearing Jenna say is like, 
how did you support me or how did, did, did it, did I take a toll on you from, I feel like what I'm thinking of and what I remember, cause it was more around like March or April of last year. Was it last year? I did fuck diet culture Friday where I would just be talking about work all the time. Like it was just probably that was like our biggest point of contention. And it was because like, I was so, I was splinter assing. I had like one foot in diet culture, one foot in intuitive eating. And I was like, just constantly anxious because I was always thinking about work. So then we would be like eating dinner and I'd be like talking about work. And he was just like, is this really what we're going to talk about? Like the entire time. Right. But I think now, like after going through it and like recognizing that, like I, I was like trying, like he was there to support me, but he was like my one line of support outside of work that I could talk to. Um, do you, do you agree with that? Like, I feel like yeah. that was something. I mean, and, and food has always been like something super important to me. Like my running joke I always laugh at is when I hear someone say, oh, I forgot to eat lunch. And I just look at myself. I've, I've literally never done this. Like <laughs> I live my life meal to meal. And that's, you know. I, one that would go out for ice cream and bring it back to Sammy when I visit more. <laughs> so right. like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So like food's always been super important to me. And like I into, you know, eating good and and as far as good and tasting good right mm-hmm. not necessarily morality yeah exactly um, <laughs> and, um but i like invest time into cooking and, and and eating you know good tasting foods to me so like it is something that was always important to me so it would naturally come up in conversation but i think we've worked through that as far as um just the understanding you know um i don't know why food is or how each of us view food differently kind of um it's my love language yeah right? it is it's not love, yours it's at not all. my love language so like though. that took a long time like i think overlapping with that and that i would go you know oh, cook right. through make this nice dinner and she'd be like oh okay you know th- th- this is nice and she would appreciate think. it <laughs> you wouldn't appreciate it but i would be looking for like man i just worked my ass off in there for an hour and a half like this you better be more than a thank you, right? So we've worked through that and we just, how we view it, it's, it's fun though. I mean, it's, yeah. Right? What's your favorite meal to cook? Mine? Chicken collards. Yeah. We got an Italian over Maybe here. Maybe grandma's meatballs. Chicken collards and grandma's meatballs. <laughs> but like, do you remember the day that she did the keto guido one? Did you always <laughs> He didn't even watch my fuck diet culture Friday. Hey, That's not true. I was going to say, he definitely did. They were, they were, I watched them. Matt watched them. <laughs> yeah, Matt would comment on them. Yeah. Jenna, Jenna used to show me that, like, and I, I, like, could not have been more impressed with the level of creativity and, like, spot on this. It was like, like, I was like, I can't believe, like, I can't believe I know the person that's doing this. Because people would talk about you like you were a celebrity, like, in New Jersey. And yeah. Like, he like, would hear it. I was like, I know this girl. Like, I literally, like, know her. <laughs> like, at her wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I have a picture at her wedding. <laughs> well, I don't want to undersell it, but, like, it was almost easy in a certain extent because, like, there was just constant content. Like, you would, I would, you would have yeah. light bulb moments of, like, just living life, being out to eat or watching TV or whatever, just like, whoa, that is effed up and we can, we can blast that, right? Like (laughs) constant content, like, you know. But to give, and I think where you're going, Jen, and I want to hear your guys' story of your transition and, and how Matt's been supportive or where there's been points of contention. But 
I think he's kind of lucky, lucked out a little bit because as many people know, Anna, who's been on our podcast, like she's been my right hand woman through this all. And she was a student learning diet culture and then transitioning and intuitive eating with me. So yes, I like work with her obviously, but like we had each other through that where we would go to each other when we'd be like angry or mad. I don't know if I maybe brought that up to him as much. Maybe my struggles to him more were like, how do I transition my business? Like, I don't want people to think I'm a phony when I was talking about weight management and now I'm transitioning to intuitive eating. But I think as we've said on many podcasts, Jenna, that like, we're happy to fuck up so everyone else can watch us fuck up and learn from us. So, but what, like, what has it been like for you guys? Or like, what do you, what's been the hardest part? (laughs) You're also pregnant. Can we please like make sure that we... Well, when this airs, you won't be pregnant anymore, but like the emotions and the hormones are real and it's 2020. We had a pandemic. So emotions are real. We've been spending a lot of time together. (laughs) So like, he really is my only sounding board and, you know, I'll go first, but I think that Matt has been here to witness things that I never realized how much they affect me. And when we were on the, when we had Evelyn Tripoli on this podcast, it was a really emotional day for me because of things that had previously happened. And I remember crying afterwards to him and just being like, I just want to help people. And I don't know why it feels so hard. And I don't know why I'm taking everything that people are doing so personally. And I think one of the things that has been really hard for me to recognize is what Evelyn said to us. Like if someone's not reachable or teachable, like you're only hurting yourself. But like now that I have all of this knowledge of like all of the science and all the reasons why diets don't work, like I don't understand why people don't get it. (laughs) That's what I'm having the hardest time with. And that's what he hears off air after I'm done smiling at the camera I'm like having a fucking meltdown and only Matt sees it so your turn (laughs) yeah I mean there's been there's there's been meltdowns for sure I wouldn't say that that's like you know all the time like that's not often by any stretch but like you know everybody else has meltdowns maybe less now (laughs) um but no I mean Sammy to your point like earlier you know about like effing up or whatever you know I mean Jenna got you got a message a couple weeks ago about someone who you had helped at, at ShopRite and they had mentioned you know I don't know what this told her to eat half a banana. <laughs> yeah and she was like you told me to do that and like it was just, it's it's like it's it's pretty cool how you've transitioned you know both of you guys to just like looking at things completely differently and um you know and how that would that to you now it's it's funny like that that's like something that you're like I can't even believe I said that right. you know I was more and it was you know it was not that long ago like on a relative basis and it's just like it's crazy how people evolve and change and grow and I think <laughs> I think I mean it's interesting though like the I've heard similar comments out of you it's an opportunity though right like to just say here's why I told you that at that time here's what has changed since then and here's why to your point I that fucking wrong. <laughs> right? like, no, that is so true. You get because you have to own it because you can't run from it. You know, she you remembered to, it. Yeah. <laughs> like my free nutrition services. Yeah. And right in Hoboken. No, <laughs> like, and that's like that's like so well said with like what you said. Because yeah, like you know, th- this is my this is my growth, this is how I've grown, and this is what I learned, and this is what I do now. And it may be different, you know, five years from now. I, you know, I don't know what, what yeah. all these specialize mean, but that's awesome. Yeah. 
But I think, and that's what I always tell our clients, you know, people will come to us, you know, before they even start working with us and being like, but I've been dieting for five, 10, 20 years, like, you know, but that's just validation that it doesn't work. And so like, same thing for us as practitioners, we were doing that form of counseling, weight management, weight centric. And then we would hear from people like three months later with guilt and shame being like, I gained the weight back or, you know, I failed or, and it wasn't working. And we were like, there's gotta be something else. Like this is not working. And, um, so I want to transition that into, and we'll flip it over to Matt first for this question is, so with Jenna switching over to this anti-diet intuitive eating paradigm shift, how has it affected you in your relationship with food? Or were you someone who always had peace with food and it hasn't really affected you in any way? We eat a lot more pizza now. <laughs> also, you're pregnant though. We have to keep like wrapping. Yeah, yeah. she, she is pregnant. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I don't know that I've, I've always had a generally, you know, I don't, I don't know if the right word is, is healthy, but I, I've never had, I've never felt restriction, I think is, is a lot of, I think what intuitive eating, you know, revolves around, right. And is, is the feeling of restriction and restricting certain things that are perceived to be bad or good or whatever. It's reversing that. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I always kind of, I've always been known to, like Luke said earlier, like I'll clear, I clear my plate, whatever's in front of me, I'll eat. Um, I, I love to, I absolutely love pizza. It's my favorite food. I eat it at least once a week. Um, you know, and, and I also, I, I don't want to say that I feel guilty, but I, I have like an internal thing to my own body where I start to know if I've been going or eating in a way that's like just not consistent with how I want to feel or what I want to do. Um, and it's kind of easy to just shift back, you know, and I think really fortunate for that um but i mean to 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 your question about you know how has jenna's transition i mean we've always joked i mean we've always joked that you know i'm dating a dietitian i'm engaged to a dietitian this is how i eat you know like when we used to go out my best friends um like from from my college days that we would go out into the city you know we'd be out till three four in the morning go to the diner and like matt's go-to meal would be like pancakes a side of mozzarella sticks a diet coke and like maybe chicken wings or maybe whatever or like what but like, for him. but like that would be you know i mean and i would house that and that would be you know after a late night or whatever but like i didn't feel bad about it you know like, <laughs> like, you know it was, it, it, i didn't feel good about it in the morning not because like i felt guilty but just because i felt like shit you know and, like, <laughs> physically unpleasant as we would say that in intuitive eating terms <laughs> so um but but yeah i mean i think I mean, I also, Jenna and I, like, our running joke is, and I'm sure, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get this because you're aware of that space, but, like, you know, I'll joke to Jenna, like, you know, and I'll be like, my, my cardio is eating fiber, you know, and that, that's, like, you know, where that comes from. That and, like, she used, to, super she, used to, like, <laughs> she used to, like, believe that, you know, and, like, you know, I would be, like, ridiculous but like it was a joke you know and and um that was straight off the uh when i was the f factor girl yeah i was gonna say and it legitimately i didn't know it's okay we can he literally still says that and it's like now a joke but and i also think that some of the things that have definitely changed is like when Matt and I first met on our first date, I ordered two dinners because I wanted to take one home with me because I was so poor and I couldn't afford <laughs> to buy my own. 
food. So I ordered two and, and we cut the meal short because she wanted to watch the real world. Okay. Don't know why he married me, but um, I ordered two dinners and I was like fine with food at that time. And throughout our relationship, like when I was dieting, there was way less wine and beer and fun and, you know, enjoyment of food together. And I think as I've made this transition to like the enjoyment of pizza together and stuff like that has been so much easier, um, which I think is important to kind of call attention to also. So his relationship with food, like people always ask me, like, does he really eat the food that you make? And I'll joke, like he hates when his, all of his food touches and like, I make all of my food touch everything. So like he, he eats it, but like, he doesn't like it. <laughs> like, he likes the flavor, but like, he doesn't, cook the same way I do so I think some of those changes have definitely happened but no he's always had a great relationship with food um from the things that he shared but it sounds like Matt was able to be with you through your relationship with food really changing and like that's a question I have for Matt is like do you see more like life satisfaction out of Jenna versus I remember disordered eating Jenna because she was my boss. She would be going to the gym every morning at like five or 6am, like packing her food. I think it was 21 day fix you were on. And I was like, do I need to do that? Like, so do, like, do you notice, like, like you said, more of the pizza nights and then enjoying like family events. Like, do you see a big shift in Jenna and her relationship with food? I mean, for sure, you know, and, and I think it's like, it's hard, like, you know, the circumstances are very different now. Obviously, she's pregnant. We're, you know, quarant- like, whatever, we're at home, working from home and all that. But like, yeah, she when she was working out of the house, I mean, the amount of meal prep that she would do in little tiny, uh, like, the colorful plastic, containers. you know, she had <laughs> little containers and Tupperware and like this for that and this amount of peanut butter at this time, it was like all like very prearranged. <laughs> and like, I mean, I was, you know, it just looked like it, you know, I didn't like, you know, it's like, you looked like a lot it. of work, you know? <laughs> and the other thing that I, I noticed like a marked difference now is the number of Gigi crackers that are eaten because Gigi crackers were like a food group for Jenna in like every meal of the day, wherever possible. Um, and I was starting to like eat them a little bit too. And, I, like, and they like, they're terrible, but like, you know what? Like, I don't know, they're like, hey, listen, if you like Gigi crackers, you should eat Gigi crackers. Like, no. <laughs> I didn't I didn't enjoy Gigi crackers personally. He's like, what the fuck is a Gigi Never cracker? Heard of Gigi. <laughs> it's a Scandinavian brand of cracker. <laughs> I used to put cottage cheese on them. <laughs> yeah. Remember when Jenna used to call them pizza? <laughs> yeah, oh my God, that, that was like our old pizza night. Like Gigi's in the toaster oven with like a little bit of cheese and a little bit of tomato sauce. That was like pizza night. And I thought, like, yeah, now that I'm thinking about, I'm thinking back, I like thought that was like kind of normal. Like, this is what dietitians do, I guess. (laughs) But so, yeah, I mean, it's not something you think about day to day, but no, I mean, the changes are, you know, I mean, it's drastic. And like you said, like, we definitely enjoy food a hell of a lot more now than we ever have. I've always enjoyed food. Um, He loves food. He really does. Yeah. So good. Luke, you have anything to add there? Oh, <laughs> it's funny you take when, it away. Has your, think, your relationship with food changed at all? Yeah. Over the years? Uh, sure. I mean, to Matt's point, right? Like I'd eat till I felt sick, right? Like at certain times and okay, I cooked one steak and 
a baked potato and whatever else. And that's, that's what I would eat, whether I wanted the full thing more or less or somewhere in between, or, you know, I'm thinking of like family holidays. Like I would not eat breakfast to make sure that I was as hungry as I can to show up to grandma's and then just slam food to where days I've gotten sick, like actually. And then thought that was normal. I was like, okay, well, that was a great Christmas. I feel like shit for three days. Right. And like, cause I ate a lot of good food, but I mean, there's, we even look at each other and we said it as uh, like laughing and joking at first, but like, it's a real thing now that like, I can leave food on my plate. Like that was physically impossible for just thought it was normal. And that's how I ate. And I loaded it up and I, I made sure I finished it. Right. Um, that's how I was raised. And maybe that's the Italian or whatever, but um, yeah, the fact that I could, to your point, Matt, like, yeah, you know what, this tasted good for a while. I don't really want it anymore. Like that was a, a big kind of eye opener that you've helped me get to as far as just not feeling uh, my mother rest in peace or my grandmother or somebody looking over my shoulder, like eat the damn food, finish it. And I'm like, or I'm insulted, right? It's here, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, just stuff like that where I can kind of be in tune and say, hey, you know what? I could probably force it down, but I might be getting the meat sweats when I go to bed, if <laughs> I sweat, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, we'll definitely like laugh sometimes when we go out to eat or something, I don't know, really yummy barbecue or something. And we'll be taking a box home and we'll be like intuitive eating. Yeah. Like not that he's forcing restriction in any way, shape or form. He's just full and satisfied. Never and, heard of a to-go box until the yeah. last couple of years. That yeah. wasn't a thing. I would finish mine and whatever else was on the table. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, that's such a great point. It's like, I think, I don't know if you use the word, but it's, it's like awareness of allowing yourself to feel and be full. And then choosing not to like continue to eat yeah. and not have that be like a bad thing. I mean, it, it, cause it, it brings me like, you know, in terms of, you know, you guys, I, I teach yoga like on the side of my business and, and meditation and things like that. And like one of the key things, like a pillar of, you know, the yoga that I teach and the meditation that I practice is like that awareness and like just noticing, like allowing yourself to notice how you feel in any one moment and not having judgment around it. Yep. Um, because then with that, you get to choose what path you want. And in that instance, it's taking food home and it's not like starving yourself or making your, yourself sick. And it's just, I think everything starts with that awareness. And I, I would imagine, I, I don't know, you know, I haven't done the training or anything like that, but like intuitive eating, I would, I would imagine it's probably centered around having an awareness yeah. of what it is that you're eating, how it's making you feel and where you want to go and what direction from there. Right. Yeah. And just, just yeah. like redefining what full meant, right? Like full to me for 20 plus whatever years of my life was eat until you're sick or eat until you're like just absolutely oh. bloated and just feel like shit. Now full is like, okay, I have enough fuel to get to the next meal or the next snack or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, we're content. So yeah. Totally. But I think that's a good point, Matt, of like, what he, he said of that awareness of being able to say no. And I know Jen and I have talked about that in previous episodes of like people, when they hear food freedom, they think like, I'm just going to eat all the food and like fuck dieting. And like, I'm going to eat pizza cake cookies, but like food freedom is being able to have that awareness and listen to your body without judgment and be able to say no, if you don't want it. And it's not always saying yes to everything. So that's a great point that you had. Confidence in your choices. And I think this translates perfectly into a question that I got that was, 
how to explain why intuitive eating is a journey when your partner just does it naturally. And so <laughs> what I think the boys were just explaining is it has been more natural for them maybe to be on a food freedom journey, but with you and I, Sam, and I know we talked about this earlier that like, you didn't even know Luke when you were really like diety Sam, um, but he still watched that transition with you. And I think that for a lot of people out there that are struggling in recovery and dating someone that doesn't have any <coughs> knowledge of what this food freedom journey is all about, it can be really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially when your partner have such a great relationship with food when you're like, what the fuck? Like, why can't I enjoy pizza or whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, that makes me think of one thing that I have learned, I guess, from you as far as like, Aww. it's your decision to make food decisions, right? It's not mine. It's not because I made this giant meal that you better sit your ass down and eat it, right? What and do I, I always say? That. What do we say? my plate my business my plate my business <laughs> that right <laughs> but like you know i would go into this saying like all right you know we made uh, i don't know whatever i made pasta and something tonight like that's what you're eating and you've looked at me and said and i want that and i and i have to take a step back and be like shit i just cooked all this stuff you're not gonna eat it you're gonna go pull a frozen pizza out of the freezer that shit sucks compared to my meal but Trying to appreciate that, I would say, is a continual struggle a little bit, at least for me, right? Like, and, and, and vice versa, right? Like, I don't know, was it yesterday or whatever? You were like, I don't want this chicken wing. Do you want it? And, 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 and like, old me would be like, hell yeah, free food. Let's do it. But now I'm like, eh, I wasn't really hungry. So I was able yeah. to kind of make a decision and you don't force me to make decisions mm -hmm. about it. I don't do that as well with you, but I'm working on it. You've taught me that, so gotten better with that i think yeah, yeah i've gotten better but i think it's still something that we work through yeah because I, I think it comes back to like how we're raised around food of like clean your plate like eat what you're served like that kind of in that same context but like we'll have leftovers or something you're like you know you have to eat this this or this and i'm like i don't want that right now i'm gonna eat this <laughs> and for him to be like and then that's where we joked about like my plate my business but that it's it's definitely hard I think that's a great point you had Jenna of like people going through recovery but I think it's showing whether it's showing them this or like showing their partner this podcast or there's definitely resources out there of like what is intuitive eating just kind of giving them that that education because if this made up person that we're talking about who their partner doesn't understand has been living in diet culture and been on diet after diet after diet after diet like they can't eat pizza with, with peace, right? We like right away, it's, it's a journey. It definitely is. So just trying to educate their partner as best they can on what intuitive eating, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, mind. like sitting in the partner spot is completely uneducated, but like, I don't know, my advice could and would be to let them make their own decision and then support it. You don't have to inject your own opinion mm -hmm. on top of it. And I don't know, for whatever that's worth, that's kind of what we play with. Yeah. I think that something that's coming up for me is like when I make choices for my own fuelings now that make me feel unpleasant, you know, and I communicate to that, 
to you. Like there's never ever been any judgment from you in that sense. But like if I'll say like I'm so full or I'm so uncomfortable right now, it's like so much worse because there's literally no stomach space left. <laughs> but um in general, like when I've had that experience, like that used to bring me a lot of guilt and shame because I would feel like I would like ruin our night. Like we couldn't hang out. Like I'd be uncomfortable and it would make me feel bad but now being able to communicate like I really don't feel good um and you know I'm not mad at myself but like oh I don't want to order from that restaurant again or whatever the case may be being able to verbalize that in a way where your partner hears you understands what you're saying but doesn't offer feedback I think is really important like sometimes just like listening and just saying like okay like let's go lay down <laughs> it's like all you need to do um whereas i read something recently i think it was victoria garrick who so like she said something and her partner made a comment like you're really going to eat all that or something like that and how excuse me how triggering that was for her and really setting those boundaries like you know we that that comment can't live here <laughs> right? yeah even if it didn't mean like he obviously didn't mean it or harm and and there's definitely times like I don't know like a breakfast where maybe I'll have like more than you like a full bagel in addition to the eggs and stuff and yeah just like that's something for people to listen to like if you're a female and you're dating a male like whoever you are in a partnership like you can eat more than your partner at a meal or a snack and I think that is like something that is so ingrained in diet culture is like the female needs to eat less than the male, but like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like there's times- Especially when you're growing another human. Yeah, but <laughs> hey, I'm not growing another human right now. And I, there's times, I, yeah. I feel like you've given me a scoop of rice and I'm like, that's it? That's all I get? And I'll go back for more. Well, cause I've gotten the other end of it too. And that's, you just, you've left some behind sometimes. And, yeah, and you never know. You know. The beauty of this journey. You get to make your choices every single day. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm trying to think if there's any way or any other questions here. Do you have any other big ones on your end? Someone asked, has Matt turned you into a yogi yet? I, I think that, that answer. It's wishy-washy. Go ahead. Am Why I don't you answer that? No. <laughs> it was for you. <laughs> um, have I turned you into yogi? I, I mean, I, I'd say Jenna does prenatal classes all the time. You know, before she was pregnant, she would take my class, you know, at least once every couple of weeks, um, which, which I love to have her there. Um, and like, you know, there's the, like, not just showing up for like class and like practicing, you know, the, the movement practice, but like, you know, like we said before about non-judgment and um, awareness and things like that. I mean, her, like the way that she's been through this whole pregnancy, it's just been amazing in terms of really having like a real gratitude practice and journaling and things like that. Right. I, I consider that all to be very much, if not more yoga than moving your, than like the positions of yoga that you see on Instagram, you know? Um, so yeah, to that, to that point, I mean, for sure, she's a yogi. Um, you said too, that when you do sometimes hear me speaking, whether it's on podcasts or whatever, that there's a lot of yoga and intuitive eating have a lot of the same principles. Oh yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, you know, sometimes I'll overhear her, you know, with, with like if loud. I'm upstairs on, uh, you know, she's on a client call. Like, I mean, I, I overhear things and like, I've gotten, like, it's like so apparent that when we started talking, like Luke, like listens to Sammy because he knows exactly like what she's about now, like what you're teaching, 
like what you're like what you're trying to deliver to people and like what you're not for it's like so apparent that he just like listens you know um and i and i and i'm fortunate too to like to be able to like really listen to to the things that jenna says to people um and the messages are like really consistent and um and really inspiring and and yeah i mean i think um, you know, intuitive eating specifically, I heard some of like the classes, you know, that she was doing the first, um, training or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever, you, I don't know what they call it. Um, but I was like, this sounds like yoga. Like this is, this is yoga for, for eating, you know? <laughs> um, which is, so which true. is, which is really cool. So yeah, I mean, I think hundred percent, like, you know, and then she'll like to, but like to bust my chops too, because, you know, I, I teach live stream classes in, in our, in our house. With and no when, furniture in it, so everything freaking echoes. Okay? Yeah, there's like a huge echo in this house because we have nothing in it. Um, so at you know at five forty-five in the morning, like I'm teaching class, and I'll walk back in and like take Quincy out, and she'll be like, "Did you talk about possibility today? Was everything it was everything a ten out of ten? Were people in full expression?" And I'm like, and like, so because she knows what I say. Like, this is like the shit I say. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, but I, I love that she's listening, you know, and, and we're like, it's cool that we can like bust each other's balls about this shit because otherwise, like, why would it be fun? <laughs> we need to get some of those yoga links sent over. You got someone who's become addicted to yoga in uh, quarantine over here. Yeah. I've been blonded. Yeah. Well, Ashley was on our podcast, the owner of Titanium. So her studio is close by and yeah, uh, I've bought in myself. I mean, I used to look at workouts as kind of like a weightlifting meathead, if you will. And a few injuries later, um, at this point in my life, I kind of want to look halfway decent in a bathing suit, feel good and have a decent golf swing. So equal parts yoga and equal parts kind of light weightlifting is where we are today. So probably a good twice a week, at least and I'm doing some yoga. So it's been great. Yeah. Saturday morning, we'll send you the link tomorrow. <laughs> yes. are, you, are, you going in, are you going into the studio? Are they able to open? Yeah, they were doing remote for a while. Uh, but a uh, per blessing curse of being in Florida, they're open. Um, so yeah, we're going in um, on some limited space classes. So it's nice. No, I mean, I'm sure that like you said, limited space, I'm sure they're yeah. doing it safely. But I mean, the I think there's an energy about being in the studio in person nice. with people that's different yeah. um, than, than live stream. And, and there's also a lot of benefits to live stream too. But yeah, I, I definitely, it's, you know, one of the things I miss is the energy of being with people. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome, man. I'm glad yeah. you're But I'm, I'm with you, you know, being, now I'll add it to the list, uneducated on yoga and intuitive eating. From my point of view, it is a lot of the same stuff as far as just kind of you know, uh, mental sanity, like why drive yourself up a wall about, you know, these certain scenarios where you don't necessarily need to, or being conscious of I kind know. of just how you're feeling and things like that. So, um, just being aware you you said it well, Matt, as far as awareness, but I think they're, they're totally in the same ballpark. I think what's really cool that we have not discussed is the boys relationship with food may have never been like diet culture to intuitive eating but both of you are what you're describing right now is your relationship with fitness has completely transitioned into an intuitive movement type space and like yeah. when I met Matt he was waking up at 4 a.m to go to fucking CrossFit he would drop me off I remember like <laughs> I would sleep over sorry mom um I would sleep over he dropped me off at like 4 30 in the morning so he could go to CrossFit and I'd be like what the fuck is going on um but now and 
I mean, movement for him. Sometimes I'll walk into his office and he's just like flexing his spine. Like that's his movement. (laughs) No, clarify (laughs) flexing because I think people, when you hear the word flex, you think like standing in front of the mirror. He's literally trying to move like one vertebrae at a time. She listens, she listens. And like, that's his exercise for the day, which is a beautiful thing. But I think too, what you both are saying is what's important to you now is your health um, and the well, health like of- like Luke said with, with being injured, you know? I mean, yeah. And like the health of your joints and, you know, mental health and all of those things. And that is this food freedom journey too. It's prioritizing those things, which is really cool. Yeah. And I mean, you're, Jenna, you're, what was that? A few episodes ago, well, it'll be way further back now, but you did a whole episode on your relationship with relationship with movement and that how our relationship with food, our relationship with movement, they're separate relationships, but there's so many parallels. And especially with people that we're working with, a lot of times if they're very disordered eaters, they're going to have a lot of, you know, they're going to have a disordered relationship with movement as well. So it's, it's cool to see that transition for sure. But I mean, even on a daily basis, right? Like you've taught me, you know, in a, in a health, like a good way. And basically that, Hey, you know, I actually did a, a nice workout this morning and I'm freaking hungry and I'm eating all day and that's okay. And then there's other days where I'm like, I slept until nine and I didn't really, I got 2000 steps on the day and I'm not really hungry because I didn't get off the couch and then whatever. That's, that's kind of just, okay of just yeah. listening to um you know the fuel that that the body's calling for is is, is real mm-hmm. so i think they're even tied on that obviously a daily basis obviously very closely mm-hmm. yeah what else have we taught you boys <laughs> i know let's keep going <laughs> well i know one thing that and I, we talk about on all our episodes, how we want to, you know, diet culture to be up in flames is just how prevalent diet culture is. Because when people hear diet culture, I think a lot of times they look at like keto, intermittent fasting, cleanses, whatever, you know, like weight watchers, like very like specific diets. But even for this guy, we'll be, you know, watching TV and he'll be listening. It was like, if you want to tell the story of like the Yankees game and he'll be like, he'll be like diet culture. (laughs) Like, (laughs) <laughs> watch it you know it's I've, I've become in tune with it a little bit of like i'll i'll scream and i'll be like here's a here's a fucked up commercial look at this look can you believe what they're saying like you know or or on the news like they you know bring on the same expert right about everything and she comes in I'm like, I'm like this woman just told me about the covid vaccine she told me how to go on a keto diet and then we tell you know like she knows everything and then you know i just it pisses me off a little bit like you as far as that anger question as far as like i'm just aware of some of these things to your point i'm even sitting there watching the yankee game whatever earlier this year and um guy comes up for the blue jays and I don't know how to explain it. PC, st- stocky guy, shorter, larger body, he's larger body. He's, he doesn't look like the rest of the athletes. And in the, the announcer goes, you know, that's what's great about baseball. Even this guy can play in the major leagues. And I'm like, whoa, that's fucked up. Like, you know, like, Stan, you believe what this guy just said? And like stuff like that, where it's just like, I mean, that would have went in one ear and out the other if, if, mm-hmm. if she wasn't my wife. But now I'm just like, man, that was weird. Like, you can't say this shit, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a wrong, comment. right? So yeah. just stuff like that, where it's, it's just like, it's eye-opening of how prevalent it is. I, I probably would be much more tone deaf to it just because I wouldn't be educated on it. But yeah. having the blessing 
of living with you. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> That's like I'm just aware of some of this stuff now. And it's like, you know, and I, and I kind of feel for people at times too, right? Like in a workspace or whatever, if, you know, oh, your wife's a dietitian, you know, I'm, I'm trying this, this, or this. And I just think in my head, like, I'm, you know, it's not my place. I'm not educated. I'm not going to talk to you about that, but I'm in the back of my head. It's like, man, that sucks. I, you know, I hope it, hope it works. Probably won't, but you know, like, I like you as a person, but that's a stupid idea, right? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's always like, well, my wife wouldn't support that, yeah. but maybe you yeah. should ask her. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's something that it, I, it's so important. We've talked a lot about, you know, relationship with food and our language around that and awareness. And I think, you know, looking at weight stigma and fat phobia and just diet culture in general, like our generations have the ability to change like your future child, right? And that that verbiage that we use around bodies, like the episode we did with Jenna and her mom and body image and our relationship around food and how we talk about other people's bodies and our own bodies are going to have a huge impact on the future generations. So I think that like that comment he's talking about, I think that's that's huge. Well, and I think, and I, I'd be curious not that I'm asking the questions here, but like oh Jenna God. and I have, have had this conversation and Luke brought up like another really good point about, um, you know, and I, I'd kind of be curious, Sammy, what you, what you think about this, because I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but in your profession and, and in, in your field, you know, it's the unique kind of curse of everybody has an opinion and is a quote unquote expert mm. on diet, on food, wellness, whatever. And like in no, like in, in my professional career, no one can come up to me and have an opinion on something unless they've really been educated and, and have an intelligent conversation. Same thing with like, if you need real training to be able to like have a conversation about like whatever about, you know, like strength training or golf. Like, I mean, oh, could, you know, could you imagine like someone like, you know, not having a clue about like, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a context that's required, but yet with diet like and, and food, like anybody can bring up what they think is working for them in the moment as gospel. And yet your guys are like tasked with like having to respond to that. And I feel like that's just like, I don't know how you guys deal with it, but like, I'd love to hear you guys because we talk about it all the time. <laughs> And I can't imagine, that's like such a burden. So I'll, I'll like leave no, that to you guys. That's my favorite thing that you've ever said to me. It's like, he literally looked at me one day and like, was like, I give you so much credit because everybody who eats is an expert and everyone who eats is an expert of their own body. Like that is true. But when you mix social media into it and influence, it becomes this space where like nobody even wants to listen to us. They want to listen to, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> is it phil mickelson the golfer oh, has yeah. some stupid fucking keto coffee and he'll be like look at me great on the golf course with my coffee and it's like like there's just it's but honestly it goes back to for me and i know i teach i preach this to jenna boundaries boundaries because like like she said earlier are they reachable are they teachable are they even going to hear what you have to say like I've wasted enough of my mental and emotional strength and like time on people that it just, it, it, it doesn't help them and it doesn't help me. So it's more just like boundaries and like keep preaching what we're preaching and intuitive eating and planting seeds. And if, and when someone's ready to hear it, like they'll come to you, but 
I don't even waste my time anymore with, with certain people because it's just not worth the energy. Yes, she's really good at that. <laughs> no, right. you're right. You know, you've gotten better at it. So oh, like, yeah, it to, wasn't to, always to, to fuel the fire. Like that was not always the case, <laughs> right? Like it was, oh, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to go after today. And I'm going to, I'm going to fix that. Well, that and, was, and you know, it's like, okay, sure. Put a dent in it, but you know, probably not going to fix that today. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, um, you're not going to stop everyone from doing keto today. Everyone. Right. Like, sure. Try, but you've learned that yeah. it's, it's the ROI ain't there. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what ROI is? I sure do. I said a lot Matt does for a living, but I know that. That's <laughs> so let's, let's let these boys finish up with, if you guys could leave our listeners, you're each going to have a, get a chance to speak with one piece of advice. Let's say they have a, a partner, our listeners have a partner that is going through intuitive eating or, you know, how can, how can a partner be support? Like, how can you be supportive to your partner going through intuitive eating? That's my question to you guys. I'll, I'll be a little repetitive, I guess, and try to elaborate in that. I think it's trying to think you said it well, Jenna, listen first and then kind of support their decision. It's not a, which I struggled with more, still do a little, but it's less about what I want you to eat or what I, you know, want to put on your plate or what I cook. It's supporting what you're craving or what you're hungry for or whatever. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a listen and support kind of game to me. Um, easier said than done at times, but I think that would be my, um, advice if you will love it me too it's awesome <laughs> um yeah i mean just to to, to pile on to that I, you know it, it's like it's like so many things in life right you can there you can have had traumatic experiences around family around um exercise or whatever whatever it is you know that trauma exists everywhere and i think you know maybe you know from at least from my perspective you know it's 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 harder to see that trauma can exist around food. Um, but the reality is it, it absolutely does. And um, you know, when you look at somebody or when you just, you're getting to know somebody, you don't know what experiences they've had with food. You don't know what can be triggering to them. You don't know what they go home saying to themselves um, about the meal that you may have just shared with them or not. So, um, you know, I would say like, like, like anything, I mean, be respectful, um, and, and have, you know, awareness around that. And, and like Luke said, I mean, the, the, the best thing you can do is just support somebody's choices. And I think the worst thing you can say is like something to the effect of like, are you really going to eat that? You know, I mean, um, you know, there's just a lot of other things and a lot of, you know, what you guys do is just amazing work around, um, healing people's relationships with food. Um, and I think that can, um, you know, heal their relationships with a lot of themselves. And, um, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, you know, just recognize that, recognize that there can be a lot more than what you see in front of somebody or, or on their plate, um, around their relationship with, with food and what they've been through. And, um, you know, you can either choose to contribute to that or you can choose to support them towards something else, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, to run to evolve with you there i mean it, it's like you taught me 
I mean, it's not even intuitive eating based, but just in our daily lives for mental sanity, like you help me be inquisitive and ask why, right? Of just as far as, well, why aren't you hungry? Oh, because you just ate recently, or it might be a simple answer. Or why aren't you hungry? Oh, because you have trauma piled up, like you mentioned, Matt, or whatever, or why are you hungry or whatever, or why aren't you or whatever. Curiosity. Um, curiosity is well said, just ask why and, and kind of try to dissect it with them. Um, could learn something along the way. Yeah. I always say curiosity is like my, my intuitive eating buzzword, like in every group coaching session, like just trying to remove the guilt and shame related to food and bring curiosity in and so much easier said than done, but so much, but yeah, it's such a great, it's such an amazing practice because even in yoga, curiosity is a word that we use often because it's the same thing (laughs) when you're, when you're holding a position for longer than you would prefer. You know, you can choose to be like, this fucking sucks, give up or start breathing heavily. Or you can get curious about, okay, well, what's beyond that? Is there more for me here? Like, can I actually learn the practice of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and, you know, coming back to practices of breathing and foundation, things like that. So um, I think curiosity is such a great word. It's such a great word. And also just to finish that, you know, knowing and being okay with it being a work in progress because I'm not always perfect with Matt and he'll joke like he's very secure with his food choices but I'll make a comment when it's like the last slice of pizza and I've had zero like are you really going to eat that (laughs) because I know he's not going to feel good afterwards and I'll say 1000% yes now that you said that I will and he said (laughs) stop shaming me and so I (laughs) and like he's throwing it back at me always with that but like you know it being a communicative work in progress and knowing you know somebody's gonna make their own decisions and if it's not going to make his tummy feel good afterwards. It's not my fault. <laughs> his belly, his problem. Problem. <laughs> problem. My business. That's right. Gonna right. You guys are going to use that all the time. My now. plate, my business. My plate, my business. Oh. And when I'm digging for ice cream in the freezer, my business. I don't say <laughs> anything. His. We're the same with ice cream. You and Matt and um Sam. Yeah, I'm like not like a huge, I never like loved ice cream. I don't know. Neither. I'm I'm a like <laughs> salsa person. Like I, and I'm more salty over here. COVID has <laughs> what do you say? Like buttered bread. Like I could we could like I mean it's I feel like it's been so long since I've been to a restaurant, but like literally like our running joke was I could literally just have like that Italian place in Hoboken. Yep. Like they would bring out this warm like loaf of bread it wrapped in a um nap in like a like a cloth napkin. And I would be like content with eating this entire huge loaf of bread with all the butter. Like it's all I need. I know, it's I all I need for the dessert. entire meal, including dessert. <laughs> not I need want. dessert. I need the bread. Me either. I would just do bread. And he's a big bread and butter guy. Yeah. I mean, we got an Italian over here. So yeah. <laughs> part of it. Well, boys, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for supporting us. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. One, two, three, 
four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.